Did you know that there's an Amazon in the United Arab Emirates? Today's guest from Dubai will let us know about that marketplace, as well as talk about her journey bouncing back from a failed product launch. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And I've got a serious seller on the line with me today. Christina, how's it going? What's up, Bradley? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing just delightful. Now, We're going to do something that you probably didn't know I was going to do since this has not been a regular part of the show yet. But I want to start starting off these shows with not the 30 second tip. You know, we do the 30 second tip at the end, but I want you to just give us right off the bat here before we get into your backstory, like your best overall strategy, something that you think sets you apart on what you do. And it doesn't have to be 30 seconds. It can take a minute, it can take two minutes. This could be a PPC strategy. This could be a product research strategy. This could be just a life hack strategy, you know, like, I, I don't know, do you know how to travel around the world on points? I mean, it could be anything you want. Since the show is unscripted, by definition, you had no idea I was going to ask you this. So <laughs> go ahead, whenever you're ready, what is your number one strategy that you can help our listeners with? I tell you what, Bradley, you really caught me off guard here. But I have to say something that's really changed everything for me in 2020. When it comes to Amazon FBA, is actually watching the Project X series. And the reason why I say that, and we're probably going to get into it in this episode, is the way that we used to search for products in comparison to the way that we search for products in 2020 has completely changed. I definitely want to you know, take a, a future episode to just dive deeper into that, because I think you bring up a good point. And I see that a lot in the Facebook groups of, of people finding success who are looking off of Amazon you know, for the product ideas. And I'm just doing other case studies myself, you know, trying to, you know, test out that model. But before we get back into Amazon with you, let's go back to your childhood. Now from your accent, I take it you were born in Alabama, perhaps? (laughs) No, I was born in England, um, in Essex, if anyone knows where that is, there's a very popular TV show. Um, Essex is probably around about an hour away from London. So that's where you can hear my twang from. Ah, okay. So growing up there in Essex. What did you envision your, yourself doing when you quote unquote grew up? The story that I'm going to tell you and where I've ended up now is going to be quite shocking for you because originally I wanted to be a professional football player. And I think in the States, you guys call that soccer. But unfortunately, uh, okay. I got tied up with injuries and things like that. I had to kind of change my course. So I actually decided to study law at university. Interesting, interesting. So like as a youth, were you fairly decent at football, soccer? I was, I was pretty good. If I'm blowing my own trumpet, I was pretty talented when it came to sports, but football was my bread and butter. Nice, nice. So at what point did you, did you pivot then to, did you say law, you, you became interested in law? Yeah, so I ended up doing law at university. I made this decision around about 2009 when I was finishing college which is, I guess, high school for you guys in the States. And then I did a four-year law course. Uh, That took me to Belgium. That took me to China. But most of the time, I was in the north of England in Leeds. Okay, okay. So 
that might have been a you know a shock to some that as far as going from something very exciting that they thought they're going to do to something <laughs> that you know some people might think is not so exciting. Let's just say uh, getting into law. Now, upon graduation, did you start working in that field? Yeah. So after I graduated in 2013, I went straight to London and I got a job in one of the big international law firms, which is equivalent to the big four accountancy firms. And I worked in London for two years. And then my boss came to me and he said, Christina, I've got this awesome opportunity for somebody to go to Dubai for six months. Is that what you'll be interested in? And at the time it was raining in London. I was spending an hour on the tube each way. Life was pretty depressing. And I was thinking Dubai, sunshine, beaches, heck, I'm young. I might as well do it. Okay. So you moved to Dubai then to work in, in, in law, law, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I did that in 2015 and I've been here ever since. So that's five years now. So you're still there in Dubai? I'm still there in Dubai. I think last time we spoke, I was in the UK, but I'm back here in Dubai on lockdown. <laughs> Ah, okay. I've that's that's one of my. Uh, I've been to over twenty countries in the world, but that's on my bucket list that I've never been able to get to. So you need to come excellent, visit. excellent. So is it true that everybody has Lamborghinis there? I mean, do you drive a Lamborghini <laughs> around? I don't drive a Lamborghini. I'm not the quote unquote guru, but I want to ask you, Bradley. When you think of Dubai, do you just associate it with Lamborghinis? I just think of Lamborghinis. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, I think it might have been the Fast and Furious movie. Lamborghinis and tall buildings. Uh, I, I read exactly. an article there that that people have abandoned Lamborghinis and Ferraris like on the road that people just like, you know, left and, and things like that. But anyways, I want to visit there just because it's just a completely cool place that I've never been to. And, and it does look like I, I love to see different architecture and, and how modern, you know, things are over there. Now, while you were there, you kind of decided that you were going to become an entrepreneur somehow. So like, how does, <laughs> how does someone, you know, I would assume that somebody who's working in a country like Dubai and, and under law is, is, you know, having a fairly successful go of it. So like, what gave you that entrepreneurial bug to kind of pivot? I mean, I'm still working in law full time at the moment. And you're right. Dubai is an incredible place. It's full of supercars. You associate it with luxury, glam. There's no limits whatsoever. But the thing is, Bradley, to live in Dubai can be pretty expensive. If I put things into perspective, a one-bedroom apartment here for a year, which you have to pay up front, is around about 30000 US dollars. So paying that just based off your salary is pretty difficult. So I had to think to myself, right, I want to live a nice life here and I want to be comfortable. I can't just rely on the income that I'm getting from my job. I need to find another way to bring in some extra cash because if anything happens, I need something else to rely on. So that's how I started to get into the internet space and how to make money online. Okay. Okay. Now, how did you come across Amazon? Like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're there, you're still working full time and, and I'm assuming you're just sitting there and Googling, you know, uh, other ways to, to make income. But, but how did you land upon Amazon as, as the path you wanted to investigate? It was quite a long journey. And to be honest, it came about quite recently because before all of Amazon, I was trying out other little entrepreneurial ventures. Um, I started off with the social media marketing. I then went on to affiliate marketing and multi-level marketing. Then I got caught up in the whole crypto trading phase. And to be honest, Amazon wasn't on my radar. It wasn't until around about the beginning of 2018 when I started to see all of these Facebook ads popping up about Amazon FBA. And at the time I was thinking to myself, I don't want to have a job at Amazon. You know, I need something that's passive. 
But I didn't realize that the people selling on Amazon were people like you and I, and they were doing it through this method of FBA. So I kind of put that aside for a little while because I was taking the bar exam uh, between January and July 2018. And it wasn't until the end of 2018, around about August time, where I thought to myself, right, I'm going to start to take Amazon seriously. This is where I'm going to start to dive into online courses and figure out if this is for me or not. Okay. So you said that, was that 2018? Yeah, around about August, 2018. Okay. So then when you decided, did you decide to go into Amazon UK, you know, your home country, or did you start selling at Amazon US? Originally, I wanted to sell on Amazon US, but I started to source products. And when I was speaking to the manufacturer, they were saying to me, Christina, look, Amazon's quite saturated in the US and the products that you want to sell is already like established. Why don't you consider starting to sell on Amazon UK? And I thought to myself, do you know what? That's actually quite a nice bit of insight that my supplier has given me. But the issue was at the time that all of my research that I'd conducted was based on the US market. And I was making this decision quite late in the game to pivot and go for the UK market without doing any research. So <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of a challenge, to be honest. Okay. So how did your first product go? So I wanted to launch my first product around about November 2018. But because I was a new seller and I missed the cutoff to get my inventory into Q4, I had to wait until the new year. So I didn't actually launch my first product until February 2019. And everything was going great for the first couple of months. I got to page one quite quickly. I had consistent sales. But after three months, everything started to die off. And there's a number of things that went wrong. And to be honest, my first product turned into my biggest failure, but I learned so many lessons from it. Well, what happened? Why was it a failure? Oh, so like I was saying, I pivoted from the US to the UK on, on like a last minute decision. So all of my research was off. All of my PPC data was off. It was at a time where the giveaways, the 90% giveaways had been condemned by Amazon and everyone was scrambling to find new launch methods. The product that I picked, and I'm going to be honest, the first product that I picked was beeswax wraps. The price was around about £24, but then it tanked to around about 9 to £7. So my profits were diminished. So I barely broke even on that first, profit, on that first product. Okay. And this is selling in the UK? This was selling in the UK. Yeah. Now, when you launched that product in the UK, did you also simultaneously launch it in the other European marketplaces? I was selling in Germany and France, but I didn't launch it in the other marketplaces. And where was the majority of the sales coming from? UK United or Kingdom. Germany? United okay. Kingdom. Okay. How, how did you do the translation for your other marketplaces? I just hired a virtual assistant to help me with the translations. It was like for like, but looking back on it, I think I should have optimize my listing a little bit more to cater towards that market and not just assume that because one country likes one thing that everybody will like it in the same way. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Now, throughout this first, you know, stab at Amazon, did you ever expand, you know, living in having the contacts in Dubai and, and having that as a, another home there? Did you ever launch in the UAE since Amazon launched? Was it was that 2018 as well? Or was that 2019? Where? Amazon launched in the UAE? I think it was around about 2019. But before Amazon, there was this other platform called Souk, 
and Souk basically transitions into Amazon AE. So I kind of had a little bit of experience in e-commerce before I even got to Amazon. And that was from selling electric scooters. Hmm. Okay. So then did you just ever start selling on that platform in AE or or not? So since it's transitioned to AE, I've signed up, I've tried a few products, but to be honest, Bradley, it's, it's a little bit of a tricky market. And the reason why I say that is there's not a lot of research tools available at the moment. So we're kind of relying on what everyone used to do around about 2017, 2018, you know, going to the best seller categories, finding the best selling products. But the thing about the AE market is there's a lot of expats that live here. So take, for example, you know, a clothes horse or a clothes rack. That's something that will probably be very saturated in the European markets or in the US. But the thing with Dubai is everybody likes convenience. So it's much better to purchase something online at a cheaper price than going to the expensive Dubai mall and lugging it home. So there's a good opportunity for people to start selling in this market, but it's a huge risk for you to enter this market, if that makes sense. So why is it a risk? I would say it's a risk because I think a lot of people are heavily reliant on things like helium 10. And we've always been taught that there's a certain way to do things. But with the AE market, you kind of have to think a little bit outside of the box and think, okay, if there is this congregation of expats, and if the people in this region think very similar to the US market, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for people to jump in and start launching products. Because to be honest, there's not a lot of competition on this marketplace at the moment, but equally, there's not a lot of buyers because there's another marketplace that's dwarfing Amazon at the moment. It's called Nun.com, very similar to Amazon, but it's more established. So you can still sell on it. You can still sign up as a third party seller, but a lot more people tend to use that in this region. So there is scope for Amazon.ae to expand here. How long that will take, I don't know. Now, Amazon AE, that's 100% actually in English, right? I believe it is, but some listings do have Arabic on there. And the interesting thing was, I said originally it used to be souk.com and now it's transitioned to Amazon AE. When that transition took place, they literally wiped out a lot of the Chinese sellers because the entry through the verification process was heightened so much that a lot of these original sellers didn't have the correct verification to sell. So it was great for people like us who want to do FBA in this marketplace, but still there's not a lot of people doing it. There's not a lot of Facebook groups out there. There's not a lot of information on the internet about it. Okay, so that brings me to the next question. Like for you, obviously having an address in Dubai, I would assume that it might be easier for you to get set up there as opposed to somebody who has, like myself, who has never even set foot in the country. So what are the restrictions for foreigners, you know, somebody from Europe, somebody from America to be able to sell on that platform? To be honest, it's actually easier for you to sell in the AE rather than people who are resident here to sell in other marketplaces. Because as far as I'm aware, uh, UAE residents can't sell on the US marketplace. They have to set up a company or, you know, find another way to do it. So what your listeners could do if they're interested in selling on the AE marketplaces, go through that, um, what's it called? The um, unified marketplace, the global listings. So they can basically put all of their accounts in one place on Seller Central, sign up to the AE marketplace, and they can do all of their listings that way. Ah, okay. So it's not like a completely separate login, like, for example, Amazon Japan, 
I believe it's kind of like separate from from North America and Europe and the other ones. So somebody could could add AE with their existing Amazon account. Exactly. And I believe at the moment that there's no monthly professional selling fee. It's free of charge. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, anybody out there listening, I'd love to hear anybody who is selling on AE or are interested in it. That's pretty interesting. I don't think a lot of people even know that Amazon opened up over there. Being a British national living mm-hmm. in Dubai, are you now trying to sell in the Amazon US? So I've decided that I'm not going to sell on the UK market for the time being. I'm going to go for the Big Apple. I'm going to start selling on Amazon US. I've got two products at the moment that I'm basically starting my test orders on. And then from there, I'm going to reassess whether I'm going to expand that to other markets, perhaps UK, perhaps Europe, perhaps AE. It really depends on how it goes. Walk us through a British national who's living in another country even. How does one like yourself set up an Amazon USA account? Yes. So I used my UK company. It's a limited company in the United Kingdom to set up my Amazon US marketplace. And the way that it's different to most people who are setting up is, yes, you can use your limited company, but the drawback is you're going to have the issue of the bank account. So many people would use a US bank account, but it's quite difficult for non-residents to get that US bank account. So what I've done is used a third party US bank account. So I don't get slapped with all of those high exchange fees. Um, So I'm hoping that's going to work when I actually start selling. But I guess if we're going to be speaking in a year, I can give you the feedback on that. And perhaps there might be another company out that helps with sellers in my position to set up their US companies from abroad. Now, What about the verification process? Like, you know, you did not have to set up a U.S. company. You did not have to show like, you know, these are questions that I kind of know the answer to, but everybody ask it. You know, you did not have to show utility bills or or, you know, U.S. bank account, things like that. Mm. So I didn't have to show a U.S. bank account at the time I showed my company like credit card company debit card in terms of the utility bill that is something that I had to set up but I did have like a satellite office based in the UK as kind of like a place where I send my products to a storage so that kind of helped me out there but I know that there's a lot of people in this position that kind of get stuck on that stage okay okay so that's interesting you know a lot of people are worried about that you know people do see that obviously us is the the biggest opportunity for amazon exactly. but oh, when they're not a us citizen they're 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 kind of like worried about that whole verification process but i remember when i started to do it in 2018 it took me around about 3 months to set up so i think what i would say to all your listeners is you just have to be patient with this process I know it can be really frustrating and you want to get on the phone with someone, but you just have to trust the process. If you're supplying the documents in the format that they're asking for and you're checking that all of your information matches up, then you just have to play the waiting game. Okay. Now, what are you doing differently this go around other than just, hey, now you're going to try and sell on Amazon USA as opposed to Amazon UK, but strategy wise, what kind of things are different? I'm assuming you're not doing the 90% discounted promotion to launch. Like (laughs) what's your launch strategy going to be? I haven't really thought ahead to that stage yet because what I'm doing at the moment is I'm literally watching Project X and taking each episode, pausing it, and then implementing what you're telling me. I've actually started to develop really good relationships with manufacturers in China. And I know a lot of people come into the issue of the minimum order quantities that they usually don't accept anything below 500 or 100. I've actually managed to strong arm them 
and get them to produce 10 units, which is going to be sent to a third party logistics company to do all of the labeling. And then I'm going to send that into Amazon US and start my PPC campaigns and just see what the data says. Okay, so so that that's that's another question that we get a lot. You know, a lot of people who watch Project X are not based in the U.S. They're like, hey, you know, that we think this is a cool idea. This thing of sending in the test listing. By the way, did you see my post recently in Facebook where I had talked about I was doing a side case study and I did a test yeah. listing and and the PPC uh, it told me that I only needed seventy five yeah. cents or something and it ended up being four dollars. And that's that's the very reason. Now it's Crazy. not meant to be an exact guide, but I think people who watch Project X. Uh, that's one of their biggest takeaways. And for me, that was that was 100% from Tim Jordan. I had never even heard of making a test listing just to kind of verify the demand and verify how much you might, you know, the competition on PPC. But a lot of people are wondering, well, how do I do this? You know, I live in Japan. I live mm-hmm. in London. I live in Antarctica. Well, actually, nobody said that, but uh, I'm sure there <laughs> might be somebody, somebody down there in, the, in one of the stations. But yeah, it's hard you wouldn't want to have the product go all the way to you in this other country and then you send it into Amazon by by that time. I mean, you've invested hundreds and hundreds of dollars in freight exactly. alone. So so having a factory send it directly to a 3PL or or having a friend, like maybe maybe you had some soccer friends or, or something from back <laughs> in the day that you kept in contact with and say, hey, can I ship this stuff to you from Etsy and, and maybe you send it to Amazon? There are, there are different ways to do it from exactly. outside of the country. Now, exactly. I want to go back to like, you had mentioned you had dabbled in social media. I'm assuming that's how you were so kind of proficient with, with Instagram. I remember, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember how many, but I remember it was something like you had like 15,000 subscribers and, and you only followed like 10 people or something. So it was one of those crazy <laughs> ratios that you rarely see. Now, how did you build up your personal Instagram account to that level? Oh boy, with a lot of hard work. <laughs> it actually started off the... Instagram and Snapchat is quite a big thing in this region. And I didn't have Instagram or Snapchat before I came to Dubai. And everywhere you go, it's like, oh, I need to take a photo or I need to snap it. And I used to take the mickey out of my friends. Like, why are you posting your life on social media? And I oh, Okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Uh, <laughs> we're Americans here. Uh, we don't always understand these terms. So like I had Cara <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the episode and she was saying all these phrases that I didn't understand. So what did you just say? Take the, what? Taking the mickey. <laughs> what does that mean? Like, oh, I had to say it in a polite way. Like you, you're, you're having a joke. Like, why are you taking this seriously? It's a silly thing okay. to do. <laughs> All right. There we go. We, we, so, we, we learned some vocabulary here in the Serious Service Podcast. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, basically, um, I got into a competition with one of my friends to say, look, I'm going to get more social media followers than you are. And that's when I started to do the whole uh, Instagram courses and motivational quotes and things like that to kind of grow up my page. But I didn't really have a direction of where I wanted to take it. And that's kind of where I got into the whole affiliate marketing kind of scene where you could sell offers through your Instagram page and build your email list and things like that. So I kind of ran with it for a few years, but it was very difficult to maintain because the Instagram algorithm was changing all the time. Um, on Instagram, you only have a small window to capture someone's attention. But I think all of the skills that I used with social media marketing, especially on Instagram, are very transferable to being successful on Amazon. Okay, interesting. Now, do you plan, you know, since you know more than the average person about Instagram, like, do you foresee that being part of your strategy for when you're launching a brand, like perhaps trying to build up an off Amazon audience and build up brand awareness through social media? I think it definitely is an option. 
But at the moment, I'm trying to keep everything simple to see how the launch goes with this particular product. At the moment, my attention is more on YouTube because as soon as you put something on YouTube, it connects to Google. Google's a fantastic search engine and it's going to be there forever. The thing with Instagram is you can't really search for it. It's more of a word of mouth kind of thing. Okay, interesting. All right. Now, before you used to have tons of Amazon related things on your Instagram, but I just like happen to look you up yeah. right now and like it's all gone. What, what, what happened there? It's all gone. I'm, I'm starting from scratch. 2020 is the year. Project X documenting my journey through my little one called Project Zon. Um, when I've got a little bit more time, I'm going to be taking the content that I've been producing on YouTube and maybe putting that across to Instagram uh, in little snippets. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, we're definitely going to keep track. And I think that's really cool that you're, you're documenting your journey because mm. I always like having, you know, like I've always said on this show, you don't have to be, oh, you have to be an $8 million seller to, to come on the show. No, we, we like people of all different backgrounds and people who are just starting off or like you who are just restarting their business. Exactly. Because I think there's a lot of people out there who can relate to you. Maybe they had quote unquote failed on their first Amazon, but instead of giving up, you didn't give up. You're like, hey, I'm just going to start over from scratch. Now, going back, you know, let's just talk about what brought you to this point really quick as far as the education goes. You know, mm -hmm. there's people who want to teach themselves Amazon through trial and error. There's people who take courses. There's ones who just want to focus on the free content that's out there. What about you? What were the things that helped you, you know, outside of Project X that, that you said, you, you know, you've been, you've been studying, but before mm -hmm. that, you know, like what are the things that really taught you about Amazon and are any of those things that maybe looking back now seem like kind of like noise, like maybe you shouldn't have, mm. have done it or what were the things that you did like to do? Yeah. I mean, it's quite difficult when you're gets, when you're getting started on something that you don't know a lot of information about. And I think a lot of people tend to go to YouTube and they can get distracted by a lot of people that have the biggest amount of dollar to spend to get the customer. And the thing that I would say about that is if you are planning to invest in a course, you really have to do your own due diligence because a lot of the people who are very big on these YouTube pages, they did Amazon a couple of years ago. So they might not be up to speed with the things that are happening as of 2020. I think I mentioned earlier in this podcast, starting my Amazon journey before to starting it now, there's been so many changes and sometimes you can't get all of that information within a course. So the advice that I would give to people now, or if I could give it back to myself, if I was starting again, find one Amazon tool, find a course that's free and just follow that method. If that method resonates with you, if that strategy resonates with you, then just watch one video, implement, get the feedback, and then move on to the next video, implement, get the feedback. Don't mix and match with multiple courses. Hmm. Okay, I like that. Now, I'd like to talk really briefly about, we alluded to it a little bit, but what are you doing on YouTube now? So like, how can people, you know, they can't know your entire journey here just in this 30-minute mm. podcast episode, but, but you're actually going into detail on your new Amazon journey. So how can people find out about that? Yeah, so just in a nutshell, basically, I've been watching the fantastic work that Tim and Bradley are doing, and they didn't pay me to say that. These are my own words. Um, so they started off Project X on YouTube, and I decided to start my own journey to keep me accountable, but to also share that ordinary people can take what successful people are doing and implement it themselves. So 
I'm adding my little twist on it. But as week on week goes past, I'm also realizing some of the things that I've spoken about before may not be relevant or it could be tweaked in a way to help people in different marketplaces. So if you're interested in following along and I hope you can show some support and share your journeys with me, come and find me on YouTube. And how do we find you on YouTube? Well, I've got one of those surnames where everyone's, you know, very difficult to find. But if you put Christina Smith, Amazon FBA, I should pop up. Okay, cool. I'm sure there is a lot of Christina Smiths uh, <laughs> doing Amazon FBA, but, but you come up to the top. Now, before we get into your uh, 30 second tip, I'm going to play the search volume game with you. And let's do it. You, you probably, you know, would use football related keywords, but I'm going to use soccer related <laughs> keywords since this is going to be for the Amazon US market. So I'm going to give you three keywords and three search volumes, and you got to match which one. All right. So here we go. Okay. The three keywords from the shortest keyword to the longest keyword is one is soccer cones, one is soccer ball size five, and one is soccer goals for backyard. Now, the three search volumes from lowest to highest are one is searched for about 10,000 times a month, one about 20,000 and one 60,000. All right, so everybody at home too, don't cheat. Just go ahead and try and uh, write down or say out loud what you think. But again, the three keywords are soccer cones, soccer ball, size five, which I don't even know what that means. Like I didn't even know there were different <laughs> uh, sizes for soccer balls. And then soccer goals for backyard. So which one do you think from least to most is searched? I would say the size five soccer balls is least. The middle one is the cones. And the biggest one is the goalposts in the backyard. All right. Now, me personally, I would have picked soccer cones being the mm -hmm. number one because I'm like, you know, that's that's what people, coaches around the, the whole country are using for, for their practices and things like that. And I would have been like soccer ball size five might have been the least. I think that's what you said, too, because it's like, mm. that's so specific. But here we go. The least keyword here is soccer cones, 10,000. Wow. The middle one is soccer goals for backyard. And no 60,000 searches a month is soccer ball size five for whatever reason that is. So again, that's, that's part of what we talked about in, in Project X. And what we talk about in yeah. this show is we could be an expert in something ourselves, but never rely on your own knowledge because whatever the way that you search things or the way that seems most relevant to you might not be what's relevant to the marketplace overall that you're trying to sell in. So it's always important to do the research. So exactly. I guess there's uh, a lot of buyer intent as well if someone's searching for something so specific. Yep, absolutely. I, I just I just verify that that's another way, guys, by the way, that you can verify just to because it seemed kind of weird to me. You can verify if Helium 10 is or any company that gives search volume estimates to see if they're kind of within the realm of possibility by mm -hmm. looking up brand analytics, if you guys have brand registry. So I just looked up soccer and brand analytics and sure enough, they're actually soccer ball size five is actually the 4,000 most searched term in all of Amazon. You know, and, and that's out, out of millions of keywords that for whatever reason is one of the top searches. So I guess it makes sense that it has about 60,000 searches. You're in the process of getting your sample orders right now. You know, what, what's your timeline? We're, we're in May, June here. So when do you plan on launching and what's your goal for like come the, you know, the end of this year? Like where do you envision yourself being? Yeah, so samples are supposed to be coming in the next seven to 10 days uh, into Amazon. Um, it's been a little bit tricky with the whole coronavirus situation and trying to get stuff out of China. Shipping fees have been wildly expensive. Uh, but my plan over the next 30 to 45 days 
is to do the PPC testing and get the information on that and then make a decision if I'm going to proceed with these two products that I found. Um, and if that's the case, I kind of want to get them in within the next 60 days. Um, and that kind of takes me to my sixth month kind of, hey, Christina, you need to check in to see where this is going at the moment. So everything's pie in the sky until I get that data. Okay. Now, you know, you're, you're making a good salary, obviously, to even be able to survive having to pay $30,000 a year for rent. You know, you don't have to tell me what your salary is, but I can imagine what it is. Now, what's your long, you know, that, that's your short-term goal, but what's your long-term goal? I mean, are you trying to be able to do this full-time or are you just trying to be able to, to live a little bit more comfortably without, you know, having to live paycheck to paycheck perhaps, or what's your long-term goal with this whole Amazon thing? For the time being, I kind of want to get to the stage where Amazon is making the same as my current salary. So I feel comfortable that if anything happened in Dubai, that I would still be able to live here. And although it might seem like there's a lot of money being thrown around, it is very expensive to live here as well. And if for whatever reason, you know, you lose your job, there are severe consequences here. Like say, for example, your check bounces, you could end up in jail. So having a second source of income <sighs> could be very helpful in those situations just to not live in fear at night, you know? <laughs> oh, that's, that's kind of scary. That's enough motivation. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right, exactly. now let's get into our, our TST 30-second tip. You know, you've been giving us tips about your journey and, and things that, you know, people should avoid, things that people should do. Something, you know, at the, at the outset, you talked about Project X. So something mm -hmm. not Project X related for this one. Now, what, what is your 30-second tip or strategy that you think is somewhat unique. It could be about Instagram audience. It could be about how to look for products to sell in the UAE. It could be uh, how to do product research, whatever you want. What is your 30 second tip for our listeners today? Let's do two tips, 15 seconds each. The first sure. one I would say is if you're starting out on your journey, try and find people who are at the same level that you're at or just a little bit ahead of you. It's much better to do that because you can bounce ideas off of each other as opposed to asking someone who's done this three or four years ago and hasn't dabbled in it. Second tip, if you're going to start searching for products in the UAE, the best thing to do is think like an expat. What would you need if you're moving into a new home? Check if that's on amazon.ae. And if it's not, just give it a go. Love it. All right. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining us. And we wish you the most of success and I'll go ahead and start following you at, at Project Zon so we can uh, <laughs> to see what you do. And, and don't forget that even if you have some failures, make sure to put it on there so we can all learn from those uh, mistakes too. Completely Love transparent. It. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Bradley.